This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, Cam, how much of the XFL did you watch this weekend? Uh, honest answer, uh, none of it. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know if that's the right answer I should give given my job. I didn't watch um, any of it either. I didn't but, watch uh, any of it either. I, I, didn't I don't know if you heard what it. I was and, saying. And that it's I, no offense to XFL. I'm glad that, that for football lovers, there's another product out there. Um, and I don't have any comment on what the quality is. And I, I will watch something at some point. But this is my first uh, my first Sunday with no football and uh, about six, five or six months. So I spent it with my family. <laughs> right right no I'm, I'm with you dude i relaxed I, I didn't watch a minute of it uh myself uh but i'm with you but you know i i said that you know it's hard for any of these leagues to survive but the xfl has built some kind of a partnership with the nfl and i think that if you can get your fringe players your practice squad players that you don't get a lot of playing time if you can get some of those guys I'm not saying a veteran that's a five, seven-year veteran that you've got stashed on the practice ground. I'm talking about the young guys. Uh, if you could get those kind of guys, your third quarterback or somebody like that, I think that's what would actually infuse interest into the XFL because of the very sick nature of NFL fans. If some of their NFL players, even their fringe guys, are on those teams, you might now bring some more eyes over there because of that. I think. Now, I, yeah, I think the I think the we've seen a lot of these leagues go about, you know, the XFL, the USFL. And I think the key for longevity for one of these leagues, whether it's the XFL or otherwise, is to convince the NFL to partner with them. And like you mentioned, have them as a direct development branch, because let's be frank, we don't have a, another and the football is different, but we don't have another sports league where people willingly watch minor league um sports but the football has the best chance but the only i think direct route is one to have a development um wing so that you can um it could be a, a cycle back and forth but also because fans can connect to it and you know how fans are they get so much you know yeah. Dolphins fans want to know who's the backup right guard you know right now so it, they would be following okay who's going to be in our pipeline who's you know can a guy go back down there to develop if he's struggling if you draft a guy in the seventh round and he's your you know, your third string running back or quarterback or linebacker or something of that sort, he can go down there and you still have his rights. And so you can watch him in the offseason and get excited about him or get excited what you're building. And it gets guys reps and particularly for like positions that are hard to develop in season, like quarterback and like the linemen, the trenches. The I think that's the most important. And that's gotten really bad. Yeah, that's kind that, of really bad. Exactly, exactly. And that's the hardest position to to have good quality, which is why a lot of times these leagues don't have great quality because the quarterbacks and the trench play, which is the hardest to find, aren't great. The receivers are going to be going to be fine. You're always going to be able to find receivers. You're always going to be able to find some sort of uh, DB to an extent, right? And so it's harder to find the big dudes and the guys who can really sling it as a signal caller. And so uh, those are the guys to me development wise. Like imagine if, you know, I don't know if you have it for every team, but imagine if you had like a Florida, a Florida team and all three Florida teams sent their development affiliates to this team. Yeah, I would imagine. Orlando. Yeah, right. yeah, to Orlando, for example, right? I would imagine Dolphins fans, Jaguars fans, Bucks fans would all watch to see 
their seventh round pick, their undrafted rookie who may be on the practice squad. And maybe it's only something where practice squad players or guys who you have offseason rights to can play in. Maybe it's not anybody on the 53-man roster because teams will be worried about, okay, my guy's getting hurt or tearing an ACL in the offseason. Yeah. Make it just practice squad guys or guys who are on your 90-man who don't make um, the team. Yeah. And those are the guys right. who get it in, you know? Um, so to me, oh, that's – Developmental guys, bro. Yeah, developmental absolutely. guys, yeah. And let me tell you something. Uh, a quality control coach yep. can now go in the offseason to be an assistant receivers coach. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like, so that way his development also is happening too. Yeah, you know, same, same for scouts. Same for different ways. Same for personnel. Scouts. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, yeah, you know, pro I, personnel, I know, for example. I know, I, I know half the guys in the XFL yeah. in the personnel departments. Yeah. Yeah. I know half those guys. Yeah. And doesn't okay. mean those guys have to lose their job. They can keep their job. But the, this is right. But the element of this is we're talking about what it means long term. First of all, they've got to survive short term. The problem with a lot of, of these course. leagues is they, you know, last time it was COVID. So that was a little unfair. But a lot of times you see these leagues and they fall within two years. And so I'm sure the NFL is waiting to see if there's any viability, what the numbers are, what the interest is. They already have Walt Disney and ESPN on board as a TV partner. But what's the interest? Who? How many people are watching? And then once they have interest in it, then it's like, okay, we can put our name behind it and make a development front. But we got to make sure it's well run. Make sure whoever's running it, you know, the rock's a part of it. They're doing it for a good cause. They're not just, you know, throwing money away or eating the money. You know, you never know with these businesses how it's going through. Make sure it's financially feasible. Make sure it's interesting and make sure they're doing it the right way. And then to me, there's no reason why the NFL shouldn't jump in and get on board. You know, they're always trying to expand. And I'll give you, I'll give you something else um, that they need to do. And that's uh, this is sorry, Canada. I, I, I apologize this. Uh, they need to make sure that they're paying better than the CFL and take away the CFL's talent too, uh, because you you've got to make it to where you're the second best North American league, and and you become the feeder system for the CFL, right? And for and for the NFL's training system, so that way you you know you've got that that's where you've got to make sure that you're not losing a player to the CFL and then you're getting the third level player on top of all of that. Uh, that, that I think is, you know, again, I'm, nothing personal against the CFL, but if the XFL wants to survive, you've got to make sure that if the player can't make it in the NFL, he wants to go immediately to the XFL, not the CFL. And you and I, we, we know enough agents. Agents yep. already have trouble convincing guys just to go to the CFL as it is. And guys generally really don't want to go to the CFL, but they have to go to the CFL in order to keep their dream alive, make money the way they love making money, playing football, whatever it is. You know what I mean? But you you, yep. you know how it is. Yep. You've heard the stories. Agents yep. will tell you that, you know, they'll, they'll have a guy in the CFL and the guy's freaking calling them every day complaining about being, you know, in the CFL and that kind of stuff. So I think it's very important that the XFL also – uh, creates the kind of place that those players will gravitate to instead of going up north. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, that's all a part of the long-term growth process. I think the XFL would be successful. And, and also, like we're seeing, and I think I heard you guys talking about it before I came on, but also it allows the NFL to try different rules or different elements yes. of the league they're coming. Like I saw the replay element. I didn't see it live, but I saw people talking on Twitter about how 
good it was to see the transparency of the replay system to go about you know challenges obviously that's a huge issue in the nfl we talk about it every sunday is it a catch is it not a catch why are they overturning right. this rule like you can try this sort of thing see how it works if it doesn't work it never reaches the nfl if it does work then you can push it through same thing as far as like okay do we want to challenge roughing the passer penalties right, right? like or, or some Great of these call. things like you can you can play with different things here um, and see if it works and if it does push it up like it you know this league can be a a, a practice element for the league in a lot of respects and so i i'm excited about the potential but i think it's very very key for this next i don't know how long it is a year two years three years that they're on their own to be able to succeed as is and get people interested in it um and in, in whatever capacity and get players wanting to go because that's the other thing if you're if you're a practice squad guy would you rather just wait until the offseason and take your chances in the league or would you rather get reps in the xfl the xfl has got to make it convincing for me whether it be salary whether it be the exposure and there be a direct pipeline i've got to be able to see players from the xfl get signed to the nfl and continue their dream their way that way are you in camp camp yeah, like Dolphins camp. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It I'm looks like you're in school. Yeah, I'm at the Dolphins okay, facility. Okay, because so you're there for Fangio's press conference yeah, at one. Yeah, the Dolphins okay. thing right here. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, no, so you're in your you're in your NFL network room. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in my my NFL network layer. So as you see, I got a dress shirt on. I'm about to put a suit on in a little bit. I've got TV um, right after Vic Fangio's presser. So I'll be on today at 130 220 240 and 255 so they're using me a good bit today so uh yeah so i'll go vic vangio's talking yeah, there's, at nothing, one. there's, there's nothing going right. on so exactly. they've got to milk whatever exactly. the hell they've got exactly but on. hey we're gonna give you good content i've got some you've got to come up with something interesting out of a press conference that's really not going to have anything really pretty much interesting right. but I've got although some, i will I've, say i i like the little nugget he gave wingfield that he said well, I've, uh, I've already figured out a couple of new coverages I want to try. So that was right. actually uh, right. a nice you little never nugget. Know. It's a different dude. He may say something. But I also have some nuggets like um, that I can share from players I've talked to and, and um, you know, just kind of what you should expect as far as his defense. And obviously the news today that they brought in Ronaldo Hill to be the defensive yeah. pass game coordinator. And so I'm going to pres- provide good insight for people to come on NFL Network and watch and get some, get some elements there. Uh, but, yeah, obviously today uh, we'll be doing – a lot on that. We'll talk a little bit of off season as well, looking ahead to you know free agency and what could be uh, options there. For I'll talk some Dolphins, I'll talk some Jaguars, um, and I'll talk some Carolina Panthers. So that'll be my day. What do we know about Wilkins and Sealer? Yeah, um, obviously Wilkins is under contract for his fifth year option. Um, you know, I know he has voiced and the team has voiced desire to get a long-term extension there. I haven't heard anything imminent in that respect, but it is middle of February, so it's still super early. Um, so there's no concern about him not being a Dolphin this year. It's just about long-term and what that number looks like. So I think they want everything to be done. I'd imagine there's some sort of extension um, before the season, if I had to guess on it. But the timeline of that, it doesn't seem like there's uh, anything that I can report immediately. And I think Zach Sealer is a guy that, you know, they want to keep here too. The thing that Vic has to see, which he made clear in Travis's interview, and I'm sure he'll make clear again today, is he wants to see these guys. And so as the head coach of the defense, although we know that Christian Wilkins is a pillar here and Zach Sealer has been a baller, I think he's going to want to know what these guys look like as he puts in his new scheme, 
before fully committing to them being long-term pieces. Now, I don't think you have anything to worry about on those two guys, but maybe there's no rush into signing these guys to an extension until he gets them in their program and training camp, and then maybe you start to see some of these things uh, trickle out. Yeah, no, but I think the way I kind of look at it is um, in order for you to to kind of know what the hell you're doing in free agency, you're going to have to try to settle these things as quickly as possible so you can already negotiate that first-year salary and lower it down and those kind of things to kind of set yourself up. You're not – This is, I don't think this is a process where you attack free agency and then you come back to Wilkins and Sealer. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, there I mean- has to be a – order and i would imagine that they're really early in the pecking order of the offseason yeah like i said i I don't know for sure there maybe vic i doubt vic will give us anything on that um but i think what you know the wilkins number is a little bigger the sealer number is not that huge um but i think what you'll probably see first of all is them going about restructuring so you'll restructure some deals and get cap space that way first for guys who will be here long term maybe a tyree kill maybe you go back to a um Armstead. Armstead, if you will. Connor Williams. And Connor Williams. You know, these are guys who you know are probably going to be pieces. You give them extensions. And then it, maybe Wilkins is a part of that group, right? So all of it depends on your cap if you have to fit things through. But if you're talking about a big money extension, which Wilkins is probably going to get some big money um, given how he's played, then, you know, you're going to want to make sure that's done right. And so I don't know where they are. I'm sure there's been some conversation. A lot of these things pick up at the combine or leading up to the combine. And so I'm sure if there hasn't been, there will be some conversation between Christian Wilkins' agent and the Dolphins at the combine. And they will see where they are. And maybe that's where the start of a deal is coming out. Or maybe they say we table this until later in the offseason. That's a lot of what the combine conversations are for. What the hell was this? <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. I, that was that was shocking to me to see. Um, I still the I'm bottom trying of to... look at the H. Look yeah. at the H. Okay? I, I, look I've at tried... the H is on his shoulder. Look Jesus. at that. His, the, the H the... is on his shoulder, the top yeah. of his shoulder. Yep. And when he jumps, the bottom, the bottom of, of the his foot. feet. The bottom of the feet. At the yep. top of the H. Yep. Get the hell out of here. Yep. Yep. That is wild. That is wild. And there were several players like and this is how I know it's shocking because like we see stuff and it's shocking, but we don't really fully grasp how good NFL athletes are. But I saw players talking about how crazy this was. It's the wildest thing they've ever seen. And these are the best athletes in the world. I've I've watched this. I've watched that video at least 50 times to try to figure out what's fake about it. Because I'm like, I know he's doing this, bro. He's doing this for commercial, obviously. So I'm like, there has to be something, but I can't figure it out. And so either. No, no, there's nothing to it, man. Remember that we see guys from flat footed with two feet jump onto five, six foot uh, platforms. We see guys jump out of a pool uh, out to the to the. So this is not even two feet. This is easier with, you know, because you're able to lift yourself up. Uh, like a basketball, you know, yeah. uh, uh, jumping style. So that one's a little easier to jump. And, and but my Lord, that guy like, is D- talented. DK, DK is an amazing athlete, probably. And it's crazy oh because you, I don't know if you saw the NBA All-Star game. He was a part of the celebrity basketball game and he yeah, won. He was MVP. slamming all over the place. Yeah, right. And so, like, I remember, I don't know if you ever seen the Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey podcast, right? 
um, they have like a, uh-huh. a New Heights podcast. And one of their episodes was about can NFL players play in the NBA? And Jason Kelsey's response was like, no, nobody can play in the NBA because of how great athletes they are, how different. So right. DK, and probably he's right, but DK's probably got the best chance. Of anybody, if anybody could play, in I don't the know league. about his handles. That's the problem with those kind of guys. But, I don't but the think thing about the NBA handle. is, you can put him in a role. You can put him in a role where his role—he's the athlete. Yeah. He's he's doing a lot of cutting. He's doing a lot of dunking. I don't know what his defense uh, is. Like uh, like uh, like uh, Kardashian's uh, bang boy, um, Tristan, Tristan Thompson. Uh, Thompson. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's you can, not about can, handles or anything. He's just right. under the rim, rebounding yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah, obviously okay. he's not going to come in there and be, you know, you know, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler. But can he be a right. bench player where he can he can get you five or ten minutes, high energy, athleticism? I don't know what his defense ability is or his shooting ability, but can he hit an occasional corner three? Can he can he play some defense? If you can do that, then maybe he can give you five or ten minutes off the bench as a rotation eighth or ninth guy on your bench. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but obviously he's not going to be a star. And I see what you're putting up here, the 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 PD policy there. Yeah, that's the league saw that and was like, nope, nope, nope. We got to test this dude. We- <laughs> it's always funny the the random selection. So, but, I, but I, it's like, I don't know how the process. It, it's in, but it's insulting but. too. It's insulting too. <laughs> I get it. You guys got to do your job. I get that there's a CBA and the NFL owners have agreed to this and you got all that. And, but, and I get that everybody sees that. And then immediately we think, Oh, that guy must be cheating, but it's, we also have to come to the realization that not everybody cheats and really athletes are just getting better and better and better every year because the training, the medicine, the 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 supplements, everything is better, dude. And that's why these athletes are getting better and they're much more in tune with their bodies from a very young age compared to the guys that I grew up with that were drinking beer and bullshitting all, all off season and they actually used training camp to actually like get in shape. Yep. That's how they used to do it. They would get there out of shape. These right. guys are in exceptional condition year round, bro. Yep, it's a different world now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and again, how many guys do we see flat-footed jumping onto platforms all off-season? We see that all the time, though. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. This is nothing. This is nothing new, but it's still freakish to watch a guy these like dude, DK Metcalf. These oh dudes God. are these dudes are incredible. Like it's a reminder because like we cover these guys, and I, I'm in locker rooms all the time, and I'm still amazed at just how good. Of athletes these guys are how big they are how great shape like like it's incredible it's incredible like i went for example like this and this is completely off topic but i went to work out this morning and my, one of my good friends is a member at house of athletes so i went to go work out with him at the house of athlete where a lot of the athletes train there and i did like maybe an hour workout that you know is probably like calm down from what the athletes do and boy when i tell you I am like exhausted. Like I'm going to go about my work day and I'm exhausted. Like I am tired, tired after doing an hour workout. And for them, that might be just a warm up for their day. And you see guys like I always am amazed when I go to Tennessee. Derrick Henry is bigger than you think he is. However big you think Derrick Henry is, he's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. Same thing for DK Metcalf. Like even the smallest dude, like even you name whatever backup 
safety corner, nickel corner you think he is, he is in better shape than you think he is. Like people, oh, like yeah. one more, one more. Devontae Smith, and I love Devontae Smith throughout the draft process. I was very clear here. A lot of people talk see, about now you see him, you see him jump that high. As light as he is, you yes. could believe it. Yes. But the but Metcalf is built like a freaking building. He's dude. 225, 6'2, 225, a tank, a tank. You you could you could like take your best shot probably punch wise like the average person oh, I you to. and I take your best shot on DK and he probably if right your there. hand would hurt more than it hurt him that's how that's how yeah. built built this dude is <laughs> yeah yeah I'm with you there uh, one more thing before I let you go uh, my uh, my hero and whether it works out or not I don't give a shit okay because life is filled with failure that's how yep. you succeed you fail. Yep. And a lot of us that start in our business, radio, TV, writing, whatever, you got to work at some shit paper, some shit magazines, some shit podcast place, some shit uh, radio station, some shit TV station. You start in Bumble somewhere, Egypt, whatever, you know, working or whatever. And you start in these awkward places and that you're not, you don't have the resources and all that, but you take the job and you try to make the best of it. And then you use that to get better and better and better. Right. The easiest thing for Eric Bieniemy would have been to stay in the shadow of Andy Reid for the rest of his career and coast. He he could have he could have Lupe Fiasco the bitch, kick push kick push and coast. No, he he said I gotta get out of this shadow because if I don't get out of this shadow, I'll never be able to prove to myself and to everybody else that I can be a head coach because that's what I want to be. And so he's not getting that chance. And I get it. Washington is a terrible place. Hopefully the sale will go through soon. And then that environment will change. I know he's working with a great man in Ron Rivera overall. So that's not a, that's not a bad thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, I think for Bienemy, this was the best move possible, whether it works or it doesn't, he goes in there, he does his best that might lead to something better because if he does make the offense work if he's able to develop a quarterback or get the best out of him you know like i don't think daniel jones is that anything but dude what i think dable did with him was freaking awesome so i give dable a lot of credit for doing that and that's what i'm hoping that eric Bieniemy is able to do that but i commend him because life is full of failures we all fail that's how you succeed you feed off the failure and and to me, I think Eric Bieniemy did the right thing, and I'm proud of him for stepping away from that shadow and and trying to be his own man. Yeah. So um, Eric Bieniemy is an interesting topic here because um, there's two two sides to this, and I'll start with the first one, which is different than your point, um, and then I'll end with what some something similar to what you're saying. First point I have there is um, my first reaction is I feel like it's unfair for Eric Bieniemy to have to take a step that people before him didn't have to take. Uh, Matt Nagy, right. who didn't call plays in Kansas City, got a head coach job. And now he's back being the OC in Kansas City, most likely. And he'll probably be up for another head coach job at some point in the next couple of years, the way this works. Doug Peterson, who I think is an amazing coach, got the Philly job without being an offensive play caller or coordinator there either. He's already on his second head coach job now. And Eric Bieniemy hasn't got his first. And so to me, there's something to be said about the hoops that Eric Bieniemy, I mean, you could say all you want about his past, uh, about how he interviews, but at some point, the record and the um, 
what you do on offense and what you do as a team has to matter. And you've heard Patrick Mahomes vouch for him. You've heard players talk about how the scheme call he called off the finding something off the Jacksonville Jaguars tape in a week three game against Philadelphia helped them play a call in the Super Bowl that helped them be wide open and score a touchdown. That's Eric Bieniemy. That's his mindset. And so he's shown he can be a good coach. He's shown what he can do on the field and he hasn't got that opportunity. And so I I understand why he did it, but it's a, it's a little disheartening for me that to watch that it is. you have to of go. Course. But, to but I like that he's saying, but right. I love that he's that's, saying that's why you that's why the world and, and yeah. this is this is where I'll transition because I, I do think it's unfair, but at the same token, I understand why he did it. And I had no Airbnb. I had conversations with him. He was very hopeful that he got that Indianapolis job. He wasn't really to consider any OC jobs until the head coach process finished. But once it finished, he realized that whether fair or not, clearly there's something that is preventing me from being a head coach. And whether it's the whole notion that this is Andy Reid's offense and what are you doing in it and you got to run your own ship, he's willing to go do it because the reality is it's going to be a lot harder in Washington. There's no Patrick Mahomes there. There's no uh, offense that's ready to be a championship contender. And the reality is Ron Rivera, there's no guarantee that he's going to be there longer than a year. And so you're taking a very big career leap, but something that's showing yeah. that he's betting on himself, his ability to build an offense from scratch and hope that it can build to something where he becomes a head coach. And I, I'm hopeful for him. I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I, I hope they have a plan uh, there. I know Sam Howell's been the talk there. I hope there's a little bit more than betting on a third-round pick to be your quarterback to to lead you. Uh, but I think Eric Bannemi is essentially saying, hey, you know, I badly want to be a head coach. And whatever you guys say that's limited to me, whatever, whatever goalpost is moving, I'm going to try to t- attack this next one and, and hope that it uh, – it, it leads me to the right way. And so I hope for his sake it does, um, but we'll see. Cam, it's the life of a minority. Yeah. It's the world that the minority lives in. Yep. And it doesn't matter if you're gay. doesn't matter if you're a woman. doesn't matter if you're black. doesn't matter if you're Hispanic, Asian. You know, uh, we see it, uh, and it just happens all the damn time. And Biennemi is just another of one of many, many, many examples that you just mentioned. All the white guys got mm-hmm. their shot, and yet the black guy doesn't get his shot. And so, um, but but what I love is, and this is what we have to do at times, when yep. we're not counted on, when we're not given it, we have to kind of tell the world, well, F you. I'm going to do it another way. I'm going to prove it to you another way. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that. Sometimes, you know, the, the challenge becomes a lot harder. The road becomes a lot tougher for all of us. Yep. And and you just have to find a way to get it done. And you have to prove people wrong. And sometimes you have to take a road that others don't have to take. But uh, I'll tell you this. It'll be the most satisfying road he'll ever achieve if he's able to have success in Washington and catapult that to that head coaching job. So that that will be the most satisfying thing if he's able to succeed in Washington. One yep. because of that environment. Okay? Yep. Because you're going to get you're going to get extra bonus points. Like if he would have become the offensive coordinator in San Francisco, people would have said, "Well, dude, you took over a team that was loaded and you took over a, a defense that limits people down to 12 points. All you got to do is score 15. I'm not impressed." You go to Washington and you fix that mess. Yep. That's going to be impressive. Yep. 
That's absolutely. Good. Absolutely. All right, so NFL Network this this uh, this afternoon after the Fangio yeah, press yeah. conference. Yeah, as soon as the Fangio press conference is over, Dolphins fans, tune in to NFL Network. I'll talk some uh, some more Vic Fangio, give you some insight you didn't hear in the presser, and then I'll talk a little bit about free agency, so you'll get some insight from me. I'll start with offense in the first hour, defense in the second hour. I'm giving you guys insight that, uh, that nobody else knows, so come, come join me. Uh, there and uh, yeah, we'll talk some ball. So this is my last uh, work assignment of the week. I got one day, and I'm going to Puerto Rico for the rest of the week to vacay with uh, my wifey, and then I'm going getting back at the combine mode after that. But this is our time to try to get in some vacay. But I'm still working on a on a holiday for a lot of people. Uh, so you know, favorite song I've sent you over the last few days. Oh, uh, the three us song was very good. Um, that was a very good one that you sent me. Matuka Utes Rootin? Yes, yes. I like that yeah, vibe. You know, like I, to me, oh my yesterday, God, was... I like, 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 trust me, my wife, my wife loves the cold weather. I love the warm weather, mostly because this time of year, I can let my window down and just vibe to some music with great weather. And that, that weather, listening to that song was, was perfect. Um, and so I'll vibe to that one for sure. Um, the De La Soul song you sent me, uh, I think was Buddy. 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 Yeah, that was that was pretty yeah. good too. Um, so yeah, Q uh, tips in it from um, yeah yeah from um, well Q tip did uh, solo stuff, but he's with uh, damn it, what's the 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 other uh, rap band that he's with? Um, ah, Tribe Called Quest, man. Oh yes, damn yes, it. yes. Yeah. So yeah. So there you go. All right. So there we we I was I was sending him some stuff over the weekend after we talked. Yeah, we so had a whole we had a whole conversation about rap music that that yeah. I may have missed. I just Arrested Development, oh, Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee is a great song. Oh, yeah, so I'm catching up, man. I'm catching up on stuff that was before my time, but I need to listen to. So I'm with go. it. All right, Cam. All enjoy right, your uh, enjoy your afternoon. We will uh, talk to you later on in the week from Puerto Rico. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, be good, baby. There you go. The Wolf Pack has been unleashed.